Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm sure everyone's wide awake now thinking it's uh, 10 o'clock, but it's only 9 o'clock because it is the, if you wonder if the first hour of the show missed it, nope. We're just starting right now, so it's only 9 o'clock, and this morning I have Cass Smythe. She's the garden guru from the Kyrie Hort Society and numerous other places around town. Good morning, Kath. Good morning. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I was quite excited when I got up extra early, and I wasn't late this morning. So. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, and I actually, I was hoping it wasn't going to be raining, because I know we're trying to finish up some landscape projects and stuff like that, but then around... Five o'clock, I kind of heard it start pouring. pouring. Right? It poured. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. It's good for all the for all really the plants is. and gives everything a good wash down. It's kind of weird getting rain in November. It is. It is. Yeah, it's sort of going back and forth between heavy snow and rain. Well, and... I drove through some big flakes on the way here, and now it's back to just a little yeah, bit of rain. Yeah, by Deerfoot Trail on the far, bar, far side by Southland and that. Yeah, it was snowing like crazy on my turnover, so... And what else going on today? All kinds of gardening things. You can still do. You can still get out and do some things. Um, you can still plant bulbs if you like. Well, I finished my garlic planting this week on one of the sunny days. Yeah. Mostly because someone gave me more. Yeah. <laughs> so I've now got enough garlic to probably stock three or four or six people. <laughs> and have you seeded? I'm just wondering if anybody has seeded any spinach. I did. I did spinach and kale. Okay. And they're all up about a little tiny bit in sprouts. But I seeded radishes, too. And the reason I did the radishes, because I really like the fresh greens that come oh, off so the top. Oh, so for next spring? Well, I'm actually eating the greens right now. now. I did them really densely because I had a whole bunch of packages left. So will those seed next spring, or those are just now and then they'll... They, no, they actually, if it goes into really cold, they'll go dormant, and then they'll start to come back. Yeah, but right now, isn't it when you would seed your spinach in oh, that I for do. your early spring? Yeah, I've been doing that now for a few years, and I always have spinach in April. Yeah, I always love when people send me pictures of their spinach. So if you're looking for that beautiful, crisp baby spinach, sort of next April, early, early May... Um, seed it now, sow it now, get out there and put it and into your garden. And mark it. Don't forget to mark yep. it because you'll be looking at it and you'll weed it in April. <laughs> yeah, but that nice crisp, but it looks so good coming out of the ground. It just looks like so bright green, fresh. And oh, it's so clean. Always has a little bit of snow on it. So if you're looking to do something a little bit different, um, try sowing some some spinach and things like that right now. You're, kale. Uh, Don't forget the curly kale. I yeah. really enjoy it early. I'm not. I, I. The only thing I like kale is in, in the jug of juice, the the kale smoothie. Oh. Other than that, I find it kind of bitter. I'm not a fan of kale. I kind of crunchy. Really, no, when it's really ju- juvenile, it's really nice. We may have to try it. Try it younger. when it's young. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Typically, I've had it when it's and I get. Uh, I know that f- good fresh good or good fresh fresh good food. Yes. Those that mail, meals. Um, they supply everything, but you still have to cook everything. Yes. Sometimes they have kale in there, and I, I'm not a fan. I'm just not. I, lo- I love Swiss chard <laughs> Well, spinach. I've never understand, understood the joy of kale chips. Yeah. That, of, yeah, they're a little bit like leathery. Yeah. You know. But uh, lots of other things to do in, in the garden. Like now, I would definitely recommend, <coughs> excuse me, get out and do some watering. Yeah. Even though... It's it's snowing and raining right now. If you have some newly planted trees, throw your hose out there. Um, let it soak into the ground. Get that water in there. And right now is the perfect time. 
And uh, I know uh, we've planted a bunch of trees here this fall in some different landscape projects. So uh, if anybody's listening, And if you're going to get your hose out, though, at this time of year, don't leave it out overnight. Or if you can, (laughs) don't forget to, and don't forget to turn it off. But that's always a pain, isn't it? Pull it back in. Pull it in. Don't leave it wrapped around the tree. No, absolutely. Because it, uh, and plus it's a pain when you go to water the next time. It's sort of nice and full. And And uh, frozen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which is never good, never no, good. No, no. So, but if you'd like to join Kath and I, the phone lines are wide open. You can call 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. We will be here to answer all of your gardening questions this morning. And right now we're just going to go to Dale, and uh, he's going to be squashing something. Good morning, Dale. Thank you. How are you? Um, if a pumpkin is a definite fruit... Does that make all the squash a fruit too as well? Yes, it does. They all have fruit in their cavity inside their body of their of their flesh. So they're all fruit. No. Just like a tomato is a fruit. I've heard that. <laughs> Isn't that mostly with seeds inside or something? Yeah, calling? with seeds inside. As long as it's got the seeds so inside. Cucumbers. Cucumbers. And... They're technically fruit. Yeah. I had a pumpkin squash soup. And I had it for lunch with a sandwich. Isn't that nice? Oh, God, it was beautiful. Yeah, I love the squash and pumpkin soups. Those soups are phenomenal. And then, of course, I had a pumpkin pie for dessert. (laughs) I just couldn't decide whether it was a vegetable or a fruit. Well, you know, it's probably one of the most useful vegetable fruits, fruit vegetables, on the market and one of the easiest to grow, and people don't grow enough of it. My friend Dave grew it this year, and he's got so many squash that I'm stopping by his house to pick some up. Well, now I know. <laughs> yeah, no, another one is the spaghetti squash. I love that. You just cut yeah, it in half, is. drizzle olive oil, put salt and pepper, put it upside down on the bake sheet, put it in the oven for 45 minutes sort of thing. Man, you just scoop it out. Scoop just shred it out. Like, huh? And then there's red curry, which is a red squash, and even the skin is edible. Just grill it. You slice it into thin slices, put it in the oven, and it roasts. It's delicious. Huh. Just a side note. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did you happen by chance to hear where the largest pumpkin was grown? I heard it was somewhere here in Alberta. <laughs> do, do you know? I don't. No. Well, I know there's a guy in Airdrie that had one that was 1,400 pounds. Are they edible? Yeah. He claims they are, and I haven't tried it, but I have heard that they do eat them. So That's a big peeling job. That is. Yeah, no, and slicing. I think, yeah, a lot of the bigger <laughs> ones, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what else you'd use them for besides growing um, this contest or no, squashing cars. The, part of the criteria is that they should be edible. Oh, okay. All of them are. I'm so. just curious. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dale. Bye-bye. Here we got a text. Good morning, Merle. Love your show. Discovered it on Apple Podcasts as well. Yeah, so if you want to listen on podcasts, we are available. If you happen to miss it, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Android, all that other fun stuff. And and they listen faithfully. I have a question about our evergreens. A couple of our evergreens um, are getting a rust color on them. The first picture is the one facing south. The last picture is the cluster. We live two hours southeast of Calgary, been stricken with drought Last four years, but our yard is an irrigation district, so I'm fortunate to have endless amounts of water. Um, a lot of that looks like it could be just sunburn as well when it's on the south side and some desiccation. Um, I wouldn't, it doesn't really look like much else. Kath, no. any thoughts? No, I was just looking at the close up of the needles. That looks like sun 
scald and a little bit of desiccation because the sun gets to it and there may have been water on the foliage at some point and burned it. And you also got weevil in the top. It looks like um, one of them is missing there and is a bit dying from the top. Um, So you might want to look at that as well. Um, You need to get in and cut that out. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, it's just... You get the the sunburn here in Calgary in southern Alberta when you get, we had all that snow and especially everything went to bed really dry last fall and the most important time to water is actually right now get that water in there and so what happened last year is we got all that snow after Christmas yes and it was just full and then we get those sunny days and it did they get sun scald and when you see it on the top on a lot of those too it's just there's not enough up there. And uh, so just really soak them in. I see you have your hoses out there. Um, get the ho- get the hose out. Give and them that prune slow. that top of those two trees because there's the two in the row there, the sun scald and the one behind it have weevil. Yep. So yeah. get in there and uh, just soak them slow, deep watering, um, like for a few hours. Just get it down. Those are big spruce. They use up a lot of, uh, lot of moisture. Because if you think when you bring a Christmas tree in, and I'm excited about those again. We have some of the best that you can get. Um, we only bring in, I bring in a few balsam, but mainly we bring in Fraserfur. But they'll drink up to two to three liters a day um, for the first week or two when you put them out. So that just tells you how much, like a real tree, living tree, when they're, when they're going, how much they'll drink. So they yes. can drink a lot of water. And that's for a seven, eight foot uh, Fraserfur. So your big spruce tree is going to drink a lot of water, so get out there and do that. Um, another thing I'm noticing um, in the newer neighborhoods is the bu- or the little pest, the rabbits and the deer are moving in. Um, so there's a product called Bobex that works really, really well. Just coat your trees and that with Bobex, and it tastes, it's a herb-based product and tastes really bad, and it's a deterrent. Um, and if you have lots, the only other one is putting three stakes around your tree around six, seven feet out from them and uh, stuck a wire or a cage wire of some sort and just to keep them away. Because right now, um, like I said, unfortunately, too, on a couple of trees I've noticed in our neighborhood, there's lots of newly planted trees. Yeah. yeah, they're munching. They've been in my neighborhood. That's what happens when you live in an area with deer in the name. Yep. No, same. I, I'm down in Cranston on the river there, and it's just uh, lots yeah. of... You love seeing the yeah. critters, but, man, they love eating all that new stuff. They have all those other trees out in the they're, thing. But they're picking my cul-de-sac. Yeah, they love the, the So I put Bob X on, and I seem to be winning touch wood. But <laughs> let's hope. Yeah, exactly. Hope. Exactly. All right, let's go to one more here before the break. We're going to talk to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> just about a Merry Christmas, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of rainy, snowy, sort of can't decide what it's going to do. Yeah, everything's white here. Oh, really? Oh. You're in Lakeview. Yeah. On 17th Ave, there's nothing here. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Must be governments along there, all that hot air. Yeah, I guess so, eh? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, my concern is the uh, all of this, um, I guess, snow uh, or the ice uh, salt and that that they use. Actually, a lot of it isn't as bad as they, a lot of it. The city of Calgary actually uses beet juice. Like they freeze and it's a beet sugar salt that they use um, to help to for the road salt. They use some road salt, but a lot of it is beet, like from beets. Oh, down Taborway. No, in no in Calgary here, yeah, but I yeah. guess that's where they get it from. They yeah, take but, it the, down. The yeah. Are, yeah. yeah, so they, they're using the beet um, juice to help... Uh, 
combat the ice. So, and I think that's a lot more environmentally friendly. So, I know you can buy the new Alaskan uh, mix that is uh, animal friendly. Yeah, and most of them have been for a little while, but. Um, another great one though is this zeolite. I know there was a company a couple of years ago that would uh, they were marketing as ice traction or whatever. Basically, it, it was just pure zeolite, but yeah. about three or four times the amount. But you can just buy the zeolite, and then you don't have to worry about if you need to sweep it off the sidewalk after into your beds. It's going to benefit your soil. It's a good soil amendment. So, oh, that's the same stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. same thing. And it's and it does melt it when it gets a little bit warmer, but it's more of a traction. It gets in there and really helps um, give you really good traction on the ice. So, oh, so, I can sure use that in my little potato plot. Absolutely, no, it works really good. So, sounds great. Awesome. Well, Anything thank else? Thank you very much, and like everyone else, love your show. All right, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Take care, sir. Bye bye. I know. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. If you haven't noticed, we do have a theme, if you can guess. (laughs) And just another thing. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted locally owned tree service company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, exciting times in that too. We added another big bucket truck to our fleet, Kath. I saw it when I was visiting. Yeah, so we got uh, a couple of those babies on the road now. So to be able to reach up and do all those uh Hire trees and look after you in the in the thing and Do you rescue uh, cats with it. We had we did that. <laughs> I think it was about sixteen months ago or something. We had a call. Can you come get our cat out? So <laughs> the guys went out and they got the cat out. So good for them. Yeah, and here's a text. We got one. Are there any uses for the Ohio Buckeye nuts thingies? What what are they and why do they have spurs? <laughs> and it is a protective factor on them. It this it it keeps. Obviously, the deer and other things from eating the seed. So if they go into need to reproduce, that is just a natural thing. But they are not edible. Um, they taste really bad, and they're kind of known to be poisonous. So um, I'm not sure sure how poisonous, but it's... Well, they're uh, toxic. They'll give yeah, you a okay. nasty, stu- nasty stomachache. And Kath was saying back in England, the kids tie string around them, and they use them like Game of Thrones games, and they, they Well, they call them. a game Conkers, and I've never seen such a bloodthirsty thing in my life. They aim for, <laughs> they aim for the head. Uh. <laughs> they wrap them, and they've got two on either end of a string, and they wind up, and they fling it. Hmm. Quite interesting to, have to have a watch. a Game of Thrones thing in yeah, the old is. Ohio Buckeye patch. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we can charge money for that. I'm not sure if that's Ooh, a good idea. scary thing. Yeah, people like that kind of thing, so it's kind of <laughs> weird. And where do I got here? Elton Garlic, where can I get the bulbs and does it grow well here? Um, I believe, I'm not sure if we still have any left, um, but typically you can get it at most garden centers. I know we had it. And it does grow well here, eh, Kath? It does okay. I've had a couple of years of fairly good crop, but this past year, because it was so wet, it was terrible. Yeah, the wet wetness yeah. does does affect some of our bulbs. Yes. And for anybody who's wondering, or, and then pass it around, that uh, those beautiful tulips and daffodils and all those things we see in the spring, you plant those in the fall. Yes. Because <laughs> honestly, all the garden center, we're all seeing a demise of our 
But you know, there's so sales. many beautiful bulbs that grow here. The little short cuff mania, and and don't forget that we get crocus and daffodils. But once they're in, they come back year after year my, too. My daffodil population went from my original purchase of ten to last year. I counted forty-five heads on my daffodils in that patch. So if you go up to Mahogany, we did a program with the Mahogany Homeowners Association. Oh, that one, yes. Yes, and uh, we're going to make it the daffodil capital of Calgary. Oh, so very community, nice. Daffodil yeah. community of Calgary. So well, um, I think we started with a 1,000 or two this year, and we're going to plant uh, a bunch more every year. So you should. Yeah, and it's, uh, working you know, with the community center bulbs there. Are, do you know what great about bulbs? They're drought tolerant. Yep. They flower in their prescribed time. And in Calgary, one thing you got to do is put them in a nice sunny spot. You don't want to put them in a shady spot because then they come up too late and then everything else. They kind of, you don't get the same show. But when you plant them at the right spot. Oh, but my my skillas. Yeah. (laughs) But you get that beautiful spring, spring color. You get the pure color. Like the tulips are are pure. Daffodils, all those hyacinths, all those things are great. And the little tiny short tulips and then the great big parrots and the doubles. Yeah. Lots of great things. So, uh, so, anyways, and they're on super good sales right now. I imagine all the garden centers. Are <laughs> yeah, imagine. So, but you can force them too. You can yeah, it's chill been them. a bit, a bit of a wet year, so we've uh, um, sales on those have dwindled a little bit. So they are on sales. But it's this is a great day to get out and plant your bulbs, do some stuff out in the garden. And actually, I really don't have time for one more. Let's just read a text because we're uh, we're right at the end. How do you tell the difference between an edible and a non-edible pumpkin and a squash? I've been baking and eating all plus the skin and seeds for as long as I can remember. Kath? There really isn't a whole lot of difference. The only ones that I don't eat or try to eat are the little gourds because when you cut them open, they're very dry on the inside and so, and they're not very tasty. But even the pumpkins, there's even the small sugar pumpkins make the best pies. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing, all of them have edible flesh. They're meant to be it. And they just got got the garlic update from the store. We do have garlic bulbs left. We just were out of the elephant garlic at this Ah. time. But right now we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It is time for Let's Talk Gardening for all you guys who uh, it is, what time is it? It is 9.32, not 10.32. So uh, anyway, so we get the extra hour sleep and uh, I was up an extra hour early, so I was wide awake. Me too. So uh, (laughs) if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Or like this, morning, Merlin Kath, I gave my perennials a pretty good watering yesterday and got a few strange looks, so I put up a sign that said, Merle told me so. I love it. (laughs) Question, when does the ground freeze to the point we quit watering? Well, that really depends on what our weather does. If we keep hovering under around that and it looks like the next two weeks we get a couple days minus 10 but that's when we start getting consistent minus 10 that's when it it starts freezing starts solid freezing, yeah. um but you and you just want to make sure you give it you don't want the thing so, so wet but once a week a good solid watering up until freeze up so the next couple of weeks look you can still give a little bit more water it's the morning temperature that early morning temperature yeah 
Yeah. So, but the water can still soak in. Um, if you if you'd love to do so, bark mulch is great for most of your trees and shrubs as well. It just, just not right to the bark. Yeah. Not it, right to the trunk. It helps uh, hold the moisture in, keeps the ground frozen, and all that fun stuff. But right now, we're going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, and how are you doing this wonderful morning? Doing wonderful. It is. Uh, it actually feels like a Vancouver fall day with it snowing, or not not really snowing, but raining and all that kind of stuff. Kind of feels like September, not uh, November. How can we help you? Anyway, I have a Main Street, Michigan Avenue coleus. Oh, we were just talking about Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Kath and I just were just saying. Yeah, we were just saying. Want to enjoy some of the um, North America's best uh, horticultural and gardening in a city? Um, You got to walk the streets of Chicago on every street. They almost have. There's something going on gardening wise. So, okay. and lots I, of coleus. Yeah, a lot of coleus, yeah. Um, and I I think I told you last year I was up at Whitehorse uh, last year, and I was stuck there for a couple of days. And the hotel lobby that we were staying at, it had south exposure, and it had a coleus on, on a coffee table. Yeah. And anyway, I, as I said... Um, this coleus, uh, if I'm not on top of it, is a water hog. It's uh, it, its leaves will droop if I don't water it. Yeah, no, they're a really good indicator plant because they do have the big foliage and lots of it. So yep. they're they're a good indicator plant in your house as well. Yeah. How often should I uh, water it during the week? It really depends on the size of pot and how big the plant is. And how close it is to your heating. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you know, you it's in a five-inch clay pot. Okay, and how big is the plant? I would say about foot, foot and a half. Yeah, I would say you definitely need to transplant that if you want to yeah. keep it in the house. I would put that in a eight or ten-inch or twelve-inch pot. Okay, uh, and cut uh, it back. Take a third off of it. I'm just wondering, could I uh, wait until next spring to do uh, the replant? I would do it. I would do it now. It just saves a lot of stress, and if you do miss watering it, just that. It, it probably dries out fairly quick, especially through the winter if it's in a sunnier spot and as our house gets drier with the heat and stuff that we turn on. If you can transplant it, it would be much better. You'll get a really nice house plant off it, and you can take cuttings, take cuttings off. off of it. The tips of it will produce cuttings like crazy. The other thing I was going to say, this is a good time of year to repot it because coleus respond better in lower light to developing more root. So uh-huh. by putting it into a bigger pot, you'll probably water the outside edges of the pot where the soil isn't full of roots yet, and that'll yeah. start to draw the new roots out. But the lower light is a better way to get plants to water, to root rather, and to get growing into bigger pots. I always tell people, do your repotting in the winter months when the light is lower because then you don't have to relocate them. Cause there's less stress on them There's too. way less stress. They're going to build basement before they're going to put a back a roof. So take some cuttings. Okay, another quick question is I have about a 3-4 inch uh, stem that flowered. Should I uh, snip that off or just leave yeah, it? Yeah, typically I usually cut those off because um, it, it's sort of like when it's and it's not a very nice looking flower on the seed pod and once you let it do that, the kind of things it's done its job, it's reproduced and, and the plant goes. starts shutting off. Yeah. 
So, and that's usually what most plants are, they're living for, to reproduce. So if you cut that off, it thinks, oh, no, no, I got to do that again. So I, it'll, it'll keep growing. And That's why you want to take the tops off, printing and starting to take them out. Because when a plant is in a different environment than it's been in, it will start to flower because it thinks it needs to shut down. Yeah, and being too small of a pot, it's stressed out as well. So it'll send out a lot more seed pods. Okay, so about a 10-inch uh, pot there. Yeah, at least, yeah, something like that would be good. And cut a third off the top, like this good even haircut. Wait, when you transplant it, put in nice fresh soil, and it'll just fill out nicely for you. Okay. Awesome. All righty. And then you got to text us in a picture, okay? <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Gordon. Okay. Take care, Bye. man. Bye-bye. All right. Here we got one. Hello, our lilac tree got powdery, got a powdery look on the leaves that we noticed while watering it in for the winter. Will this be a problem next year? And what do we do in the spring to prevent this? I, I would just really do a good cleanup of all the leaves and that. If it usually lilacs don't get a lot of powdery they don't mildew. get powdery mildew. This sounds more like it was later in the year and the white. Could have been spider mite even. Could or? have been just about. It could have been water on the foliage as the weather changed. And this year, a lot of the leaves didn't change the normal color. They went silvery. Yeah, they kind of got frozen. Yeah, they got frozen <laughs> on. And they yeah, and the lilacs do get that sort of purpley yes. silver look yeah. to them so, when they get cold. Yeah. It's just the pigment gets forced out. Oh. Just do a really good cleanup and uh, watered in well, and you should be totally fine yeah. with that. So. It's the wrong time of year to prune lilacs anyway because they've spent all summer setting next year's flowers and leaves, so they're ready to go for next year. I don't think it's anything to be that concerned. Just clean those leaves up. Yep, absolutely. And same with anything. If you've had a um, cotoneaster hedge, any of those kind of things, currants, right. if you had the scale, do a really good cleanup. And uh, and if you're heading into into fall here, and if your hedge, because once you get into winter, you don't think about it as much. But if your hedge did look really bad over the over the summer period, over this winter is a great time to get it rejuvenated, cut it right down to the ground, let it start fresh, and keep it on a a proper program. And it's sort of that last week in June, first couple of weeks in July of when the scale is uh, spreading. And uh, a product, Pure Spray Green, will help you keep that in control. And it also helps with the powder and mildew really, really well. So a um, few of those things. And we got one more here. Good morning. We purchased this lemon tree in the spring from your garden center. We were wondering when the fruit will be ready or if they turn yellow. And could it be a lime? I, I have the same thing right now. I got two big lemons sitting on there, and it's just sitting there. It, it says it's best with the Myers to leave it ripen on the vine. That's right, or it won't turn yellow. Yeah, and it'll it, just stay hard, and it'll go dark green. If you try to pick it off, it'll just... Yeah, you got to be... I moved mine outside all summer. Yes. And unbelievable the amount of blooms. And still, like I just brought in a couple of weeks ago, um, maybe three or four weeks ago before it got cold, and the amount of blooms I had on that thing, I thousands. And right now, there's well, probably... this is fruit time. Yeah. This is the time when they're producing their fruit. So this is when they're going to ripen and do so well. But I probably have, I bet you, a hundred lemons on it. Yeah. And it's just some are falling off, and they go through that stage because they sort yeah. of get rid of some of the weaker. This is ones. why my garage is full of plants. <laughs> I have serious zone problem with what I've grown. You're, 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 you're trying to grow. 
stuff that I, you can't go Yeah, through. and it, nice. you know, I've got things sitting in there, and I'm going, why am I doing this? So if we <laughs> answered that, um, yes, leave them on the vine. Be yes. patient. I will keep you updated, and uh, Barry, please keep me updated as well, and uh, we'll see how, how ours all do. And we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. If I could save time in a bottle, the first Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We're going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. How can we help you? Uh, two questions, if I can. Of course. Uh, I had a beautiful 14-year-old birch tree weeping. Yeah. And I've been dealing a bit with uh, birch leaf minor, but it was managing. And I have a downspout that waters it. Anyway, this spring, two-thirds of it uh, was gone, mm-hmm. pruned it off. And I think uh, a major cause was sap suckers because a lot of the major parts that I lost were where there's bands of holes from sap suckers. Yeah, the, the sap yeah. sucker do love the birch tree. Yeah. Another product that I really, really recommend with the birch tree is the Rage Plus. Um, yeah. The birch respond really, really well yeah. to it. I've even had people bring in pictures where a top third is looked like it was dead and the bur- and the um, rage plus actually pushes life back up there so for that's the one tree and rage is a great part for a lot of things but for the birch tree i'm not sure what it is they love the rage plus well they're sap suckers they're in there <laughs> and they're after whatever's going on yeah but they yeah. just love yeah. the i mean the rage plus fertilizer to help um rejuvenate your birch and slow deep watering and that birch leaf miner is decimating our birch canopy here in Calgary. And, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. So we do do the injections as well. Um, Central with, Alberta. Pardon me? Central Alberta. Oh, okay, is where yeah. you are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe fine if there's a arborist out that way that will do that, I'm sure, like in Red Deer. What's your closest city? Yeah, and I had used the Ridge Plus this spring on it, and it <laughs> yeah. didn't seem to help. So I did cut off quite a bit of the dead. Mm-hmm. I had it cut off. So one of my questions is, I've got about a five or six inch um, cut, and I wonder if I need to be doing something to that. I'm hoping I can revive the one third that I have left and typically, reshape it. Typically, if it was pruned properly, it should just yeah. heal. On its own? Yeah, for okay. the most part. If okay. There is a product called Lac Balsam. If you notice that um, it starts bleeding early, early spring, if you start seeing water coming out of that yeah. um, that spot, you might want to use lac balsam just to seal it up. It's a breathable rep- bark replacement. Okay. LAC, um, is it? LAC. Yeah, lac okay. balsam. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. It's, uh, it's out of uh, Europe and we bring it in. But that one does work well. But uh, And this, the slow, deep watering is really important with your birch tree, especially early, early spring and right now. Like, just getting the moisture down in the ground. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that way it's uh, it's there for the springtime when it does foil foliage back up. Right. All right. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to ask another question, yep. if you don't mind, please. Uh, Compact American Cranberry. For a couple years now, I've had some mildew, a yep. white, fuzzy growth on the leaves and on the new on the new growth. Yeah. What do I put on it? Um, Pure Spray Green works phenomenally for for powdery mildew, and there's also a Bordeaux, and there's another copper spray that you can use for the for the powdery mildew. But the Pure Spray Green works really good because it also looks after the aphids and things like that. 
So is that a mildew that I'm describing? Yeah, think? it's powdery mildew. Is it they, a heavy white fuzz to it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah, get it. They get it quite badly. And then the tree, the shrub itself has a built-in mechanism to protect itself. And it will build up that gray fuzz, that gray-white fuzz on itself to protect itself. But it just compounds it. One of the things you should do, too, is around the base of the shrub aerate it loosen the soil as much as possible get some air circulation happening it does benefit from that it likes moisture but it also likes air around its yeah. root system and do a good cleanup of all the foliage that was on it this year because that yes. will have the exactly. existing spores on it so if you do a good cleanup that'll definitely help okay. i think it's not helping because it is a north facing as well no so. and that's yeah. typically where we yeah. plant a lot of our cranberries thinking they love the shade and then if the water sprinkler hits in this past year That's with the right. moisture we had, it does promote a lot of the powdery mildew. So yeah, okay, thank Alrighty. you so much. All right, thanks, Brenda. Enjoy your program. Thank you so much. Bye bye. And here we got a message. I went to Rita Rock Gardens in the spring, and there were some beautiful little blue flowers around the anemone shrubs. And I wonder what, if you guys know what they are. Could have been those little grape, those grape hyacinths, yeah, muscari or skillas. Yeah, early in the spring. I can't remember. I'm, I'm sitting here, I read it, and I've been trying to think, and I think it's the little little bluebell-shaped flower. I think it's the skilla, which is... I know is... there's a lot of the um, brunera there, like yes. the, the blue, little blue flower brunera, if it had a variegated leaf, and it kind of looks yeah. like uh, baby's breath or gypsophilia mm -hmm. um, as well on there. Yes. But they're a gorgeous little plant that have the blue flowers, because there's not a ton of blue flowers. That's right. So... Uh, out in the garden that really stand out in Alberta right. few. Any other thoughts, sir? Well, I was I was going through Brennera and I was going through No, I I, I think it's either <laughs> Skella or Muscari. Okay. Bright that bright, bright blue, it could possibly be the Skella, because that's an old fashioned bluebell shaped bulb. Okay. Flower. And we have one more text here. Good morning. We've had a problem with vole damage the last two springs. Is there something we can do before the snow to ward off the damage, Brendan? Well, Brendan, one of the things you can use, you can spray plant skid all around the perimeter of your plant or around your yard. And if you're just getting those tunnels, one of the biggest things you can do is apply our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer because it'll really help with the rejuvenation of your lawn next spring because it, it'll feed the root system. Because um, typically if you're using the 3204 or one of the other box store fertilizers, you're really you're getting nothing for the root system. So this will really, really help with that. If you're getting those piles, that are, we do have a product coming in next year. Um, we were at the Hort shows this past uh, few weeks, and we finally found one that is for voles and wolves, but it's not available till um, early spring. So we will have that. But that's really all you can do. Some people put out mouse bait for them. But that plant skid seems to work good. It's a blood-based um, product that sort of seems to keep them away. And you spray it around the perimeter of your yard, a fairly good uh, dosage. And it is blood-colored, so it is red. So just um, so you're aware I of what you're like doing. I don't like putting out the mouse bait because of the birds. Yeah, it, but most of them are single kill now, so they yeah? don't. Okay, they only well. kill. They dehydrate the mouse, and then nothing. They don't as long kill as the, the bird second. Doesn't one. come along and try to eat the dead. Yeah, no, and that's what they've done. They don't use a lot of that anymore. Okay. It's a single kill. It does that. Um, okay. Kills the mouse from the inside. I have a out. friend who traps them with cheese whiz. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get the cheese whiz out. And... Yes. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. <laughs>
Welcome back to Let's... That was always a good party song. I always liked when that came on at the old Uncle Eddie's back at the Crow Child days. Oh, my goodness. Just have some fun down there. I knew you <laughs> did. <laughs> good times, good times. And uh, we got one that says, uh, good morning. What is this plant called? It has many air roots. We believe it is a philodendron. Saloum. S-E-L-L-O-U-M. Yeah, Hope Saloum. Yeah, yeah it, that's it, an oldie goldie. Yeah, but that's what it looks like. So it's just uh, H-O-P-S-E-L-O-U-M and a philodendron. And the little roots that you've got coming out are air roots. And in their native environment, they're meant to crawl along the floor of the jungle and they can go for miles. You can cut those air roots off. They shouldn't. It doesn't affect their growth pattern. If you want to take a cutting, that's where I'd take a cutting from. It's amazing how all these old plants are all coming back it in. It is, like, but houseplants are really... Our member talk is coming Thursday for well, the Horticultural huge. Society. We're doing houseplants. Yeah, our, our the amount of house pots and plants that we sell now, yes. it's phenomenal. We spend a lot of time... Uh, we just got the last shipment in. If you're looking for some gorgeous house pots... For your plants, <laughs> we have some gorgeous. Don't gorgeous try to stuff say that, that fast, bro. Yeah, but uh, we we still like to brag we're this biggest pot dealer in town. But not no more. All these cannabis places have they've over taken t- over your yeah, title, taken over my title as the biggest pot dealer. Yes, here. but uh, oh well, <laughs> dare to dream. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, and we have someone up in Edmonton. I believe so. Oh, no, no, that's 780 is Calgary still, isn't it? No, yeah. 780 is around Edmonton, okay. Red, just past Red Deer, I Good think. Good morning. I have a bundle of 20 spruce saplings given to me. I'm wondering if it's too late to transplant them outside. They've been inside the house for about a month. They're about 12. I would get them out as right soon away. as you can. Yep. Right t- away. And I'm not sure if you are, what area of town you're in, but right now it's a great time. Get them out there. Plant them. Don't plant them too deep. Just, just right at the level, but then mulch them over a little bit and water them if in the, really, If they're really well. the small plugs type, like if they've got long, skinny roots, what I do is turn a shovel upside down and use the pointed end of the shovel, like a dibber, it's called, and just make the drill the thing in yeah. and then put the soil in and, and you should be fine. Yeah. Just don't plant them too deep and then water them in really well. Try and put them in a spot unless you're going to grow them on if you're starting a little nursery or something, or just make sure you plant them around the yard where they're going to have lots of room to grow in the or future. Or do them as a group and transplant them. Yep, yep. Make sure you just give them the room to grow, though. That's right, All exactly. Right. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Oh, good morning. Good morning. How can I'm, we help you? Uh, I'm from Lethbridge, oh, and nice. I have um, I have two lavender plants. I planted one outside, and I want to know if I should... I want to bring one inside and keep it over the winter, if that's possible. The same with a, a rosemary. I have a rosemary in a pot as well. So to keep them in the house in the winter, is that possible? or it's um, uh, They like it cool. They are essentially an evergreen they, in that they maintain their foliage all winter long. But okay. they like it cool. They don't want to be in the hot, burning sun, and they don't, want to li- they don't like our yeah. dry heat. Okay, because so, I've tried it before, and I've lost the lavender before. That's, so, yes. So just keep it in a cooler Cooler place. room, cooler space. I ca- actually, my lavender and my rosemary live on a shelf in my unheated garage on the window. Really? And, oh. Yeah, and they do very, very well, except when somebody forgets to shut the garage door. They can yes. take a little bit of cold, and okay. they'll take that exposure, but they do better that way. The what lavender... Water, do you, sorry? Water? 
watering? Is do we just water them a little bit? I or? go in and water them about every month, and I just okay. that way when they're cool, you see, they maintain their moisture and they hold the moisture level. And the lavender will need more moisture than the rosemary. Okay, okay, and then the one outside, just leave it. Just leave it. Don't move it. Back. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Good. I have one more question if you have time. Well, we just have to go to a break, so. Yeah. Oh. Okay. No, that's fine. I oh. can email you. All right. Okay. Oh, that okay. would be great. All Thank right. you. Bye. Thanks, Shirley. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm joined with Kath Smythe this morning. So if you have any questions for us, don't hesitate to give us a call, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I've got a couple of texts here we're going to read real quick. Good morning. We have a tree lilac purchased that spruce it up five or six years ago, which has bloomed Proficially, prolifically. Prolifically. Oh God, my prolifically. Oh my goodness, you got out of bed too early. Yeah, every year until this summer, it has been a real showpiece. If you can't make fun of yourself, who else? No, it's not nice to do it to other people. We had we had put mulch at the base in the fall to that, and wondered if that is causing the issue, Marge. Um, no, that should really help for the most part. It usually holds in the moisture. Um, why wouldn't it bloom? Coming on, it could have been um, just it, it, maybe at that time it's used up most of the phosphate in the soil too. You could use a bit of a fertilizer. Um, I would look at just make sure you water it in really, really good right now. Depends on the kind of mulch that they put in on the fall of 2018 yeah. as if well. It was and a raw how mulch. close to the trunk. Yeah. And if it was yeah. a raw mulch, if you're getting a mulch from um, like an arborist, don't take it from an arborist for free. I know a lot of guys advertise free mulch. I don't recommend using that in your garden. You don't know what if they've chipped up black knot or whatever else and in their thing. Breaking down nitrogen still. <laughs> it's amazing how much nitrogen it'll steal to your soil. So it shouldn't have been right up against the trunk either. That yeah. can be part so of it. Just what you want to do is make sure you water it in really good this fall, Marge, and then fertilize it with fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. Give it a really good couple early, early spring when it starts. When you just start seeing the buds breaking, hit it with fifteen thirty fifteen two or three weeks in a row, um, along with a good f- watering at that time, and hopefully you'll start seeing blooms again because they are gorgeous when they are blooming. So, and let's go up to Bob X as I was talking about <laughs> earlier. Good morning, hi Justin. Good morning. How's it going? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, I got a question towards Bobex. Yep. Uh, I always hear you guys talking about it for like deer and rabbits and all that. Yep. What about towards pets? Like, um, I guess the problem I have is my dogs sometimes like to get into my flower beds. And I was wondering if I could use it as a deterrent for when I'm not around. It, kind of. it, it might help. It just tastes really bad and smells quite bad. Um, so it might work as a deterrent for your dogs. It's more of a taste thing, though. Um, but you could give that a try and to see. It doesn't do a perimeter guard. It just stops them from chewing on it. Although I sprayed, it. Okay. Some, yeah, I sprayed some on my rockery because I got tired of my dog sleeping on the rocks. Yeah. And she licked it, and she stopped laying there. So okay, <laughs> and dogs love smelling and and sort of sticking their nose. So I, I imagine if it's not smelling nice, they're gonna say, "Hey, why do I want to go in there?" Unless you have those dogs that love to roll in the poop or something. Yeah. Then it's, yeah. No, I don't have that problem. Luckily. <laughs> that's good. 
Yeah, I used to have a husky wolf cross, and the odd time he he thought he was hiding himself from the from the predators out there, so he'd go there and roll around in the coyote yeah. poop. Yeah. Crazy dog. Fun. We'll see how it goes because it's kind of nice right now. The animals at least use the perimeter of the property. Yeah, it's just too bad that's all my flower beds. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, so it's part- kind of like a. Yeah, not necessarily a great thing either if I get them out of there as well. Yeah. Well, they do perimeter patrols, so I always try to leave a little tunnel along the back fence for them to run along so that between the shrubs and them, there's a space that they're running in that doesn't have anything valuable in. And yeah. I, that ended my problem on that level. Yeah, okay. All righty. Okay. Well, thank yeah, you very and, much. And just, um, just apply it if you are using it. Um, typically, it'll last a month to two months, depending on how much moisture we have. Uh, yeah. But it needs to be a reapplied a couple times throughout the winter time. Okay. All right. Um, do you know where the best place to get it from? Just because we live away from you guys. Um, um, pff, most garden centers, I think, have it. Um, okay. If not, all roads lead to spruce it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you're in any of the garden centers, all of them have had it that I've been in lately. If Are you're you in the north end? We're in Didsbury, so we're okay. north of Calgary. Yeah, it's, Blue, bluegrass Blue has grass it. stop up there. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, thanks. Perfect, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, we get a lot of people from up north. It's amazing how many people just get on the Stony Trail and just Keep going. Now that Stony Trail's there, it's way better than it used to be. Yeah, I know. We were actually up at the, the Leisure Center there uh, last night at my son's hockey game, and it's amazing you get across town pretty fast. I know. And uh, it's actually pretty But nice. other people have discovered it now, so it gets a little crowded sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and I got one from, I don't know if it's one of my neighbors, but part of Cranston. Green it up, fall application in Cranston. Looks amazing November 2nd. And honestly, See, this guy's grass is so thick. It looks like a, a carpet. Like yeah, it's, day, day. it looks, looks like just thick and amazing. Yeah, so thanks for the picture. I'm glad the, the green it up is working really well for you. And let's go to... We wish we had a little bit of time. I'm going to take one text, and then we'll go to the phone lines. Good morning. Was at your store yesterday looking for a lemon-lime philodendron. Will you be getting any in... I know a lot of those rare plants, I know we're, we have a wish list of trying to get um, some of those philodendrons the, and that and the variegated and a few of the other ones. Um, and that is our mission um, this fall and going into the winter season is to try and find more of these. Um, the named diff- plants. Yeah. The names with the, the new the new naming of all of these philodendrons. They've been around forever. But you know that variegated the, one? Yes, with we the were, darker. We were at these, uh, we joined a buying group, the Garden Center Group Co-op. And so we're meeting with 30 garden centers that are across Canada and as part of our group. And this one fella at his garden center, he, he, would, he sold tickets just to get the rights to buy it. So then there was like, he sold like 50 tickets and then it went into another draw for 10. And then those 10, there was a draw. Like it was just, it's just, they're so sought after that. He was trying to find a fair way to disperse them. Yeah. Yeah. And gone are the days when you can go in your book and call the people that have asked for it. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's uh, especially on those houseplants. So, um, so please keep posted. If you do follow us on Facebook or, or in Twitter and uh, Instagram, all those fun things. Yeah, between and the philodendrons and the peperomias. Yeah, we have lots wow. of those. And we do have some, we do have the monsterias and, and different things like that. And uh, so just keep checking. We do have the fiddlehead figs 
and quite a few of the different... Uh, again, I'm trying to con Zoe into coming on the radio. She says she's a little nervous to come on, so but i got to get her to come on. She does all the ordering, so we'll go ah. see if we can get Zoe to come Bring on Bring the here. availability list, Zoe, <laughs> and then let's just shop, okay? Yeah, exactly. This chat. I'll help you. This chat. <laughs> let's go to Mary. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> good morning, you two. How, how are you? I'm good. I'm full of turkey supper. Oh, really? Oh, they, oh, they had a big turkey supper out at Meadowbank. Oh, it nice. was so much fun. It's like all old home week out was, there. I was love... it a cowboy ball? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, we don't have a dance anymore. Oh, okay. Everybody's too old. Oh, darn. Yeah, we just visit and, and talk. and Nice. Yeah, I, it's really fun to go your, out there. Do you bring your tequila with you, Mary? Uh, <laughs> no. Huh? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> if you give me tequila, I will fade away. Oh, you don't dance on oh, tables? I can't stand that stuff. Oh. Especially when I saw the one with the worm in it. Yeah, that's mezcal. I, I thought, oh. They can have that. Yeah, that's not really. I tequila. just want worms in my garden. Yeah, that's more of a touristy. That's just the kind of the crappy mezcal. Oh, oh is it? Yeah. Oh, good anyway, it didn't turn me on. Yeah, good tequila is actually really nice. Taste, to, oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, there's oh, very yeah, good stuff. You think so? Actually, oh, yeah. There's almond tequila, chocolate, coffee, mm, good stuff. No, I make my own Bailey's Irish cream. Oh, nice. And then I put that in coffee. Yeah, I can't do creamy yeah. stuff, but... Oh, I love it. How can we help you today, Mary? Oh, uh, anyway. What are you growing? Got a cast there. Yeah? My orchid lady. Do <laughs> I have any hope of getting uh, uh, those small, petite orchis, orchids? Do I have any chance of having it ever bloom again? Oh, they come back pretty good, but... Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, they, they've been sitting like that for six months. And well, they're it takes... healthy as anything. But it takes a little bit of... They have to suffer a bit for their art. So you've oh, got to oh. let them dry out a little bit and never... Oh. Are they still in the pot that they came in? in no, the, I the... transplanted them. Okay. That may take them a little bit longer to kick back in. Go into the shop. Yeah. Okay. Did you fertilize them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got the orchid fertilizer. Good. Okay. Yeah, but... I... It's I, I getting them dry out. I mean, they look lovely. Yeah, but you let know, them dry nice out. And green. And, yeah. and, just let and, them run them a little bit drier at this time of year, Mary. Oh, okay. Because like, I just, if you I think you're going to water my, them, leave them another week. I have yeah. them in my east window. Yep. You know, it gets the morning sun and that. Not the hot, hot but sun. Once a month is probably good in the wintertime. Oh, okay. And another, another thing. I've got this huge uh, fir tree. Um... It's not blue spruce, it's the other one. Anyway, I see about 30 feet up. There's one branch that's brown. The rest of it, that won't kill anyone. No, no, well, no. And maybe the wind will blow it off. Well, it may have cracked in the wind already, and that's yeah, what's doing have. what yeah. it's doing, and then it'll just come back. It'll just fall off, and then you won't notice it uh, anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks kind of sad, and, of course, it's the only thing I look at. When I look at these trees, because I make sure that everything's healthy. <laughs> and, and me too, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, have a good show. Thanks, man. And I always enjoy the young fellas, his good music. Boy, yeah. plays good yeah, music. Yeah, Brian has. He, he, it's nice having uh, he themes us up every week. Yeah, so it's, it's really good. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I like music. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's what we live by. Oh, oh, I, yeah. Thanks, okay, Mary. you two take care. You too. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.
All right. And we might as well do this one more color. We have a bit of time. We'll go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Beautiful day out there. Isn't it? How can we help you? Okay. Uh, About six years ago, I bought a mislabeled shrub that I thought was blueberries. Well, as it turns out, the thing is, uh, well, was almost 10 feet tall. And they're Saskatoons. Yes. So because it was shading so much of my vegetable garden, I thought I'm going to cut it back. Well, I didn't have very many berries on it this year. No, and you won't right after the year, if you just cut it back last year, and then so this coming year you'll start seeing it fruit up again. It spent most of its time rejuvenating and sending out foliage and all that. So can I, in the spring do it again, cut it off again so that it's a little more manageable? I've seen them be kept as, like, lower, but you don't get as much fruit in that on them. Like, when they're they're meant to grow a certain way, and if you cut off, you, t- you tend to lose some of the fruit production. Oh, so I'll have to just keep my stepladder handy to get the berries off. Absolutely. That's right. Okay. All righty. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks, Barbara. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and when we get back, Kath, you're going to talk about what kind of, what are you going to tell us about? I want to talk about the zoo. Yeah, and, and what else? I have to talk about my visit to Medicine Hat. All right, so Kath's going to fill us up and uh, with her agenda over the <laughs> next couple months here, and she has some classes she's going to tell us about. But we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calories Trusted, locally owned tree service company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. <laughs> All right. Now, Kath has got us covered on a few things. So you have a, you're doing up and you're, you're traveling next week? Monday, I'm in Medicine Hat for the Hort Society there and they're doing their AGM. But I'm going to talk about something that I have issues with. As I was saying, my garage is full of things that don't work outside (laughs) and it's called i call it zone envy and i call it how i get that way because i'm trying to talk about hardy plants and what's hardy and what do you bring in and does your garage look like this because i collect succulents and i have a lemon tree and so i'm going to do zone envy pushing the zone sort of pushing the zone pushing your luck as i like to say Nice. so you're going to be speaking at their uh, agm at their agm meeting oh nice so and i think other people can buy tickets for it as well yes yes you just go on to their their website and you can go and we have a lot of listeners from the medicine hat area so uh if you haven't heard Kath smythe is uh heading on the road tour down there so uh you can catch her what day is that kath that's monday evening tomorrow Monday the 11th. The I'm 11th. sorry. Thanks, Merle. I'm glad you got me on ta- target. You see, it's the so, hour. <laughs> so you're November the 11th on Remembrance Day. That's right. They have theirs on the first Monday or the second Monday of the month, and they do it. Nice. All right. So if you're if you're down there, you can you can uh, catch uh, Casmite, and then you're also doing some stuff down at the zoo. Yes, and so it's what's called. Going on well, there? it's an interesting thing. They call it an adult night. Okay. And we're going to, Janet Melrose and myself are, I'm doing the traditional hand-tied Christmas wreaths, and Janet's going to do table centers. And the fun thing is that they have it as an evening where you can go and have a charcuterie and have a, a drink and... 
the thing a goes. Wine. Yeah, a little bit of wine, a little bit of alcohol. They have such a nice facility, and it's it, right in the conservatory. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's a it's a beautiful spot um, for their classes and they different just, things that they, they do. And they did the first one we did was that I did the uh, fall wreath, and it was really fun. And this one's right in the main lobby of the the conservatory. And the, when you buy your ticket, you can go to the zoo at four o'clock and have a walkabout, and then come in and have a little wine or. Awesome. Whatever and a snack, and it goes till nine thirty. Awesome. All right. So, uh, and that is on the nineteenth of November. Awesome, awesome. And is there anything else going on? Well, there's the Horticultural Society usual list of events we've got on Tuesday. We have an event that we are doing with the community gardens, and it's sort of a year end where you get to come and have a little bit of food and a little bit of coffee and tea, and we're going to talk about various things that you did or didn't get happening in your community garden and what you'd like to go on with with the community garden. And we, on Thursday evening, is the uh, members' talk, and it's House Plants with Joe Young, and she's one of the gals that owns it. She owns the uh, Greenery, which is a houseplant company. They've been doing commercial houseplant installations in Calgary for over 25 years. So a great, she's a great person to talk about to house plants and speak to them. She even has built a green wall or two in her career. Oh, nice! And we're doing growing under lights at Garden Retreat. Nice on the fourteenth of November. Stacy's going to do that one. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. no. And there's, um, we're working on that as we're trying to upgrade our light, like. There's so many nice growing lights out there right now. There that, really is. And a, a bunch of us are all stuck in the... And they're great lights, but I'm just trying to find something that looks a little bit better. Like right now we have the Sun yes. Blaster, and you can get the regular bulbs that you can just screw in, and they're also good for you and stuff like that. But just trying to find something that looks Well, I'm looking little... for something because there's now too many plants in the garage and the <laughs> spare room. If anybody's coming to stay with me, they have to sleep on the floor. Yeah, because the plants have too much That's room. right. And the big plant in my, live, in my bedroom, my own bedroom, I was just trying to relocate it this morning because yet again it jumped off the stand. <laughs> so I'm looking for grow lights, Merle. So awesome. find me something pretty. Awesome. I'm trying. Okay. All right. Well, let's... Is that it? That's I, I, I think I, I have a few more, but we can try again. Okay, we'll go over again on a little bit later here. But right now we're going to whip the Kim on the phone line. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Are you guys nice and warm inside? Yeah, I know it's good. Nice and warm in the studio. Big windows, so it's it's good to be out here. Woohoo! Hey, it's a little <laughs> drizzly. We're just north of Strathmore, and it's Ooh. a little drizzly out here, so we still got a little moisture happening. Yeah. Well, that's good, though. Yeah. And I hear, hear snow is on the way, so, you know, you just hang tight. I'm not going out in my bathing suit right now, I'll tell you that. No, no. Okay, so I have a question. Um, I've done for many, many years, I'm cheap as cheap can come, and I have too many planters, and I'm the old style, you know, Dracaena kind of at the back or in the center of the pot, and Dusty Miller and geraniums and pansies. And so I was about two weeks too late in bringing in my um, Drusinas, and I understand that you're, they're an annual, but I have usually brought them in and transplanted, put them in new soil, nice deep pots, and overwintered them as a house plant. Yeah, no, that they, way. they love that. So a couple of those ones that you were growing, like your geraniums, you can do that, and your Drusina, all the, both of those love being wintered over. They're, they're yeah, fine. Yeah. 
So I have a question. Like I said, I, I was probably about two weeks too late to get them before they're going to sleep. Yep. And so I've cut them down to about two inches, and I've got little shoots already coming up on the side. So I've I'm already started for next year's garden, right? Yeah. So um, long story short, just a, a 2020 fertilizer to give, take them to the winter season, or do I... That's a good all-purpose. No, and you can just do that maybe once a month or something just to give them a little boost here and there. But really, for the most part, if you're using fresh soil, you really yeah. don't need to fertilize a whole lot over the winter. You can start fertilizing sort of February, March. Okay. Um, but it doesn't hurt to give them a little shot here and there. Okay. And same thing with asparagus fern? Yes. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, All right. my one asparagus fern I have on the island is trailing down on the floor, so i got to give him a haircut. All right. we got to so. go, Kim. Sorry. Okay. Thanks, Thanks. much, Bye-bye. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a break for the news. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Cass Smythe from the Cowrie Hort Society and uh, Cass Smythe Enterprises and <laughs> Garden Gurus of the Traveling World. Traveling Garden Show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we got, I uh, haven't heard from tech or from Pat for a while, but uh, Pat sent in a text, and he has his amaryllis celebrating fall back by planting, your am- planting my amaryllis. Yeah, no, it is that time, I it guess, is. isn't it? If I've you've... got all 11 of mine lined up to come in the door if Merle ever buys some good lights. Nice, nice. <laughs> and, and he also, I bring my rosemary in and treat it as a house plant, but need to water every two days, wow. much more than anything else. That one's quite big, though, that he has. Yeah, it and is. It, and it looks like it's uh, in a in a decent-sized pot, but that is a gorgeous-looking uh, uh, rosemary. That is it? a beauty. Yeah. So. Mine looks like a pole with leaves on top. <laughs> Because I need a light, Merle. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let me guess. You need a light. Yes. No. <laughs> I'm not leaving that one. No. All right. All right. We're on it. We're on it. And let's go to Joyce and uh, see what's going on in her garden. Good morning, Joyce. What's going on in my house plant? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on, Joyce? I overwatered. What am I going to do now? Uh, what, what kind of plant? Uh, it's just one of those hanging plants. I don't know what the name of it is. Um, what you can do is if you have something, you can poke some holes in it. Does it have drainage? I don't think so. Yeah, that's another yeah. thing that isn't great. Um, if you're able to poke a hole in the bottom, would be really helpful. Take the drill and yeah. drillers. Yeah, po- drill a couple holes in the bottom, put it in the sink, let it drain out. Because um, yeah, if, if it's full of water and kind of soggy like that, you'll just drown it. And, and the then aerate, will. like literally... One of the things I used to do when I used to buy plastic straws is I used to stick one or two into the pot right down into the root, and that helped to get the air circulating. Wow. And and then the other thing is horticultural-grade charcoal. Oh, yeah. And the fine charcoal, and you just put a bit yeah. of that on the soil, and that helps for yeah. the soil. Yeah, and we actually got, we just got these uh, little clay balls. Oh, those are really good. Yeah, you just put them, you can put them on top, or you can mix them in with your soil, or you can grow soilless with them. So if you're doing something like that in a pot with no drainage, you could transplant them into this, uh, into these rock balls. Yes. 
They're little clay balls. But it helps. Different colors. They do, like the charcoal and the aerating, and those clay balls are real. I just saw them demonstrated at a study group last week, and they really do help the air circulation because what happens when they're overwatered is that the air stops circulating in them. Actually, they'd probably be really good for orchids, too, wouldn't they? Uh, they would be. Yeah. I, I was kind of watching them and doing the demo, and I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There. Don't, don't overwater and move it from the couch. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. The show was good last week. She did a good job. Yeah, Joanna did a great job. Yeah. And thanks to Joanna. Thank yeah. you so much for filling in. Yes. Totally appreciate it. Yes, she did wonderful. Thank you. Okay, well, I'll try to quit watering so much. Yes. <laughs> okay. yeah. Thanks, Joyce. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And, and then we got another text. It says, here's some pictures of my best friend's um, lime, lemon or lime, to help me get my fruit from Paul. And here's another. This is my lime tree last week. Hundreds of blossoms. I've had both my lemon and lime tree for over 20 years. They spend the summer outside. Yeah, same as me. Man, that sure helps. They And from the May long weekend to Thanksgiving, they can even handle a little frost. They get about 35 fruit on each year. Most of the immature fruit fall off. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing right now as well. And totally okay. It takes a long time for fruit to ripen. The blossoms from spring usually aren't ready to pick until Christmas. So all of us lemon growers, we still got another couple months here to be patient. Yes, at least that, yes. So, uh, Yeah. yeah, be patient. And uh, and and it's good to hear from people that have done it a long time, and but it does make a big difference when you move those outside like that. That's it, it does because the fruit gets the mm. flowers get pollinated. It gets air, air circulation, which is what they really need, and they get a little more direct sun because they're not under the shelter of your roof inside your house. Mm. And oh, this is from that. Oh, that one doesn't look very good. <laughs> the guy with the twig. Yeah, it says hello. Yes. This is an orange tree that was started in 2015. It was at my mother-in-law's house until the spring. At the point, it did have some leaves. We brought it home within a month a month or so, and it lost all its leaf and has been living like this for four months. The stalk is still green, not brittle. It is sitting in a west window and gets watered regularly. Um, and Keeping any it too suggestions wet. to keep, to get it grow leaves? Um, I, I guess I would put it right out in the full sun and try and get a little bit more light to it. And yeah, it, it still looks alive, but I would also like and and yeah, just and watch you don't keep it too wet because yeah. it does. It, the, the soil soils, looks yes. Doesn't it look a little? It's wet? a little too wet, and plus those cash pots, you know those pots yeah. you sell some of them, but it's sitting down right in the saucer, and you can see where water has sat in the saucer. Yep, that's usually an indication. I, and I would give it Rage Plus. Yeah. Um, just to help get the roots established. Because it, it looks like it might be suffering a bit in the roots. Poke some holes into that soil, get some air into there, and, and then fertilize with Rage Plus. And I've seen um, some of the orange growers after a frost mm. and all the leaves come off the oranges, they tip prune. Yeah. They prune the end. So where you've got your twig and you've got a secondary branch starting, just take about a half an inch off there. Just give it a slight prune that off and that'll start it trying to bring leaves up and here again that very wet soil aerate yep. it poke some holes in it yep if you'd like to join us phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 that is the talk and text line or from out of town 1-800-563-7770 and right now we're going to take a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr
Welcome back to Let's Talk Garden again. Thanks to Brian for all the great music, and uh, it's about time. Hey, Brian. <laughs> that was actually a good one. If I do say so myself, I'll take a, a, a hint off of Kevin. He likes to compliment himself on how good of a show I yeah, This one's going job. pretty good too, eh, Kath? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. All right, let's, we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to do Darren, and then we're going to go. We have a bunch of text that will hit uh, some of the questions there. Good morning, Darren. Uh, good morning. How can we help you? Um, I planted a bunch of wildflowers. Okay. Uh, just just a, a random bags uh, out of Walmart or some garden center or something like that. Yep. Uh, just to add a splash of color to the front of my place, and it and it turned out beautiful and a really disappointing uh, heavy snowfall there. Oh. Uh, that, uh, what what terrible timing we were in full bloom it was absolutely gorgeous yep um the question i have that uh, i was told that once you've got them established uh they will keep coming back year after year is that true it, it, it they they will if they're the right mix sometimes unfortunately the ones that are possibly bought in the box stores they're they're more of an annual flower mix Okay. Um, so it depends on what zone and what uh, what seeds are in there. If there's some perennial seeds in there, absolutely you'll get them. And a lot of those wildflowers like to reseed themselves. Okay. Um, so so you'll you'll sort of see. And if, if it was a good quality one, sounds like you got lots of color off it, which is great. So um, like I said, it's, there, there's quite a few different um, quality and different varieties of wildflower mixes. Okay. Um, now the second thing is. In the spring, do I do I do do I give it a bit of a top dress? Um, with, I know like, I would really just let it do its thing. Give it a good watering. Um, it might even want to throw a bit of fertilizer on there, and uh, in the springtime, and this because you it'll be hard to tell which plant is which. So don't I wouldn't do a whole lot. And if it's a wildflower, um, a proper mix, it'll, it'll just keep coming up. Okay, and then. Um, when when we got that just tragic snowfall, I'm gonna say say it again. Yeah. It, was, it was it was tragic. Oh, like, I know I, it's nasty. Oh well, it really you know. Uh, will any of those, if they are perennials, will they come back? Absolutely. Uh, Okay. No, it, when you go into even like right now, we still have perennials for sale at the garden center because really, um, and all the foliage is is dead and frozen. But so what you're doing is you're buying the really the root on a perennial. So okay. So if, if so, if anybody's listening, you want some good deals on perennials. Most of the garden centers still have a little bit, and usually getting a really good deal because really what you're buying is the root system yeah. on a perennial because they all die back. So you plant your root, and then next spring you're going to get. It. So if if those plants if you've left the foliage in place and you haven't chopped it back, they mm -hmm. should be fine. That's your best friend is keeping the foliage there and the winter protection with the plants that got snowed on. And it's just literally holding the moisture and helping the seeds and the baby things that were there to survive. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and now I have a pretty big leaf um, cover on it as well. Like it just... Uh, oh, you put we... some leaf mulch on it? No, it's not leaf mulch. It's oh. just uh, leaves from yeah. the trees that are yes. around there. Yeah. Uh, I should leave that on then as well. Yes. 
Yes, okay. definitely. But in the springtime, as soon as the wind starts to blow them off, maybe that's the, there will be a sign that it's time to bring them off. But the moisture held in there would be really good, and the leaf mulch is really great protection. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, no, and good luck. Uh, we, we get lots of people asking, and we try to bring in different mixes, so it's nice to see yes. um, one. And usually they're fairly inexpensive, so even if you had to reseed it again. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking that even in the spring, uh, you know, late spring, I'm, I'm probably just going to start. <laughs> scattering again yeah we definitely waste $20 on worse things right <laughs> yeah, you, you and, and make sure the name make sure read the labels and make sure they've got named varieties on there not just the wildflower mix look for okay. names all right yeah yeah thank you so much yeah no we'll evolve you darren that's all, all right. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay take bye care bye-bye um, and I tell people that lots. So they'll be in the gardens and they'll see this gorgeous focal point plant that they can use as a centerpiece in their yes in their in their garden or on their patio and they oh it's a hundred bucks or something and i go you go for a bottle of wine or you go for a dinner and you spend 150 and it's over in two hours that's right you buy that plant you got it all summer and then you can dine out there all summer long with it that's and your right gorgeous and plants. keep it in your garage all winter yeah if you like or even if you don't it's <laughs> well, still even if you don't a hundred dollars of very well spent then uh well they're showy yeah that's why I have a banana tree. Absolutely. <laughs> so lots of good stuff you can do. So That's right. <clears throat> and that was the orange tree. So we got that one. Then we'll move up to this next text. Good morning. My question is about watering orchids. The tag says water weekly, but I have been told to put two ice cubes on it weekly. I have two orchids which bloomed but have not rebloomed for two years. They are, on, are they on borrowed time? Um, the main thing is if they did bloom, don't cut off the stick that was the bloom and i don't know if you did or not but um that's a lot of the biggest mistake people make is they cut that stick off um after it's done blooming because if you leave it it'll die back usually two or three inches and, and you'll then get it'll little... produce the next bloom yeah. stem and that's where you'll get your next blooms yeah and actually i got baby orchids coming on Kiki's. mine yeah i think they're the coolest they take thing a while to get the root right that's like, right i'm still waiting it's been like four months yeah but you know pretty quick here you just snip them and put them on the on the bark and they'll just start to root in yeah after i'm getting close to that stage so and the ice cube thing i'm i'm questioning a little bit because i find sometimes doing that every week is too much for them or it's like it's in the moss originally but it's not in the bark and it's the bark that disperses. I'm going to put those baby I'm going to try those clay rocks we got. I, I think that's the way to go. I'm really quite keen after yeah. seeing that demonstration. I got them in all different colors so I guess I'm going to we got pretty. some nice orchid pots so I'm going to give that a try. Give it some shots. Yeah, yeah. but right now we're going to take a break Kath. Okay. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. back to let's talk gardening the time is to go to judy good morning judy good morning how can we help you well i had a i i got an azalea plant in the spring yep. and it finished blooming probably or well, maybe toward the end of may yeah and i've been hoping to get it to rebloom it's doubled in size yeah it's very healthy um, I give it Blossom Booster. It sits in a south window. But is it possible to get it to rebloom? It, it, it probably won't bloom till next spring. They are hard to... The house plant azalea. And the thing is, did you transplant it? 
Uh, no. Okay, it's still in the root-bound pot? Yes. Okay, which is good as long as you keep feeding it. But I would almost look at transplanting it right now, and then by next spring, you'll, you should hopefully see some blooms. They're one of the harder ones to get to rebloom. Okay. And the other thing that they do is, I this this goes back to Wade Hartwell. They okay. used to go around with the azaleas, Mohammed did, and he would go around and pinch all the tips yeah. on the azaleas to get them to rebloom. So all that new growth, it, right now it's focusing on that? Yeah, instead of putting some into the wood, which will produce the flower blossoms. You don't have to take a lot off. You just take the top three or four buds off. Oh, okay. And that'll start yeah. pushing side blo- side shoots, and the side shoots produce the uh, the flower blossoms. Because, I mean, it has expanded. Yeah, so yeah. right now just transplant it and then uh, pinch it back, and then hopefully by February, March, you should start seeing some blooms. That's right. Yeah. And it will, so it'll only bloom once a year? Usually they bloom once or twice a year at the most, because they're kind of, they're like the, like the rhododendrons, azaleas, you kind of get a bloom every year off them. Yeah. Mind yeah. you, also, when they come in like the, to the garden center, they've been forced into that bloom. Yeah. They push them like crazy with extra lighting, and they feed them with a special blossom booster. So now it's just trying to get back into its life cycle. Okay, so I didn't know if I should just give it heavier doses. No, of no, don't no. push anymore. Don't. No. Okay. It's the pruning now. Now it's the pruning. All right, the pruning and the transplant. That's right. Yep. All right, I'll give it a try. Thank you. All right. Thanks Bye. for calling, Judy. Bye-bye. All right. And... Hi, Merle. At work, so I can't call. Just wondering if I can plant tulip bulbs in containers and pots and if they'll make it through the winter. Um, yes, you can. Um, the biggest thing is not, don't leave them out in the sun. and have a. You need a good size, a little bit of a bigger pot. Um, so, again, so it stays frozen. If you leave your pot out in the full sun, it'll just dry and desiccate the bulbs out. Um, it does work really good if you do it even in an unheated garage or if you plant them in the soil, let them freeze and then put them into a shady spot until next spring and pull them out. Have or you done... a styrofoam container down the side of your house. Yeah. I go and buy those big styrofoam coolers at the various box stores, and I put the bulbs I'm going to force into them. But first I've watered them and conditioned them a little bit, and then I put them in that, and I put the lid on, and they stay frozen that way. Mm-hmm. They're not affected by the chinooking. And Merle's right. you got to put the pots in the shade or the container you've got them in. Yep. And that will keep them going. And it usually, you know, I'll sometimes just leave them out there the 12 to 15 weeks that they need to go through the chilling period. And then I'll bring them in the house and I'll have tulips or daffodils blooming in February and March in the pots in the house. And the other trick I use is a brown paper bag and I put it back into a brown paper bag in the house while they're getting to grow and that keeps them going straight so they don't lean to the light oh, yeah. of the window. That's a good idea. So they're drawn to the light. And, and that gets them blooming straight, and they look very neat. Um, what else we got going? We want to mention about wintering roses right oh, now. Oh, right, right. This time of year, what should people be doing? Well, you don't prune them right back, but you want to take about a third of the top growth off yeah. and clean away the dead leaves and get rid of any of the diseases or anything that's going on. And then what I like to do is give them a good cleanup on the bottom and water them in well. But are these hardy shrub roses or are they tea roses? Yeah. But overwintering them, basically what you're trying to do is stop the wind from bashing them. Yep. So do you mulch them, them up a bit? I mulch them up and I pile some leaves around them and that seems to do the best thing for them. The hardy tea roses, you're going to need a cone and put it over top and fill it with leaves. 
and prune it so nothing's exposed. And don't be in a hurry in the springtime to clean them up because when it's really, really cold, if you prune them too soon, they get yeah. frost kill back. Yeah. So No, absolutely. That's You want to be make patient. Make sure they're well watered. Yep. And even you can use like a sea soil or some of the other soil amendments for your that's mulching right. up against it because then that's in there for in the spring. You just pull it away. You can work that into the soil. That's right. And uh, Marie sent in an email. She she likes to spray her rosemary every day, and that helps her without having to water it so much. That's she right. She brings it in every winter, and it looks fabulous. So uh, thanks for sharing that picture um, for us, Mary. That was great. Great. And and one more thing, is it necessary to trim back dead hosta foliage or can we just leave it? Most perennials, I say leave it, procrastinate leave it. gardening in the fall. That's Mother Nature's way of helping protect itself. And those gorgeous Carl Forrester plants, things like that. Leave them, their structure and they hold yeah. the snow. They're so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, that's it. Thanks, Kath, for joining Thank me. You. Another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.